Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast where this week we are going to be previewing the Dublin Racing Festival. We're going to be previewing both days, the eight grade one races from Leopardstown. It's kind of the last hurrah for some of these before they'll go on to the Cheltenham Festival and hopefully as well we'll see some festival clues. But before we get into the races, let's see how everyone is. Mark, how's it going? Keeping busy? Yeah, I'm okay. I uh, had a busy week. I'm still looking forward to the racing at Dublin this weekend. Lots of uh, quality action. Yeah, definitely be uh, getting some, maybe some last minute anti-post value could be over the weekend or so. Izzy, how's it going? Are you enjoying the racing at the moment and looking forward to the weekend? Yeah, it's been same as Mark, a really busy week. Um, loving the racing at the moment. We've had another amazing weekend with Paisley Park and that incredible comeback. Um my heart won over my head in the end but um yeah I'm, I'm loving it and looking forward to this weekend hoping for some more exciting performances yeah we've definitely got a good uh, got a lot of good weekend racing at the moment it always seems to be a, a big talking point and there's going to be plenty i'm sure this weekend and paul how's it going um looking forward to leopardstown yeah very much so um cheltenham trials day taking place this day did i see this again so had a great great day at Cheltenham last last Saturday, but uh, very much so looking forward to two cracking days at Everton. Yeah, I think the our Cheltenham trials is a bit of a Mickey Mouse. This is the the, the serious stuff, and yeah, I wonder if the Irish are going to clean sweep this year. But maybe the British might have a bit of a stronger hand. But we'll see when it comes to March. So let's get into it. Then we're going to be looking at. Um, the first grade one on the card, which is on the Saturday, kicks things off in the 105. It's the Nathaniel Lacey and Partners Solicitors. 50,000 uh, Cheltenham bonus for stable staff. Novices hurdle, grade one. What a mouthful of a race. And we'll come to Mark here first. Holly Get ha Hollow Games is your current favourite at the top of the betting. Do we think he's the right favourite and is the one to beat? He was absolutely flying. And obviously that combination, Davy Russell and Gordon Elliott, very dangerous, especially the bookmakers recently. I'm going to take a chance on... Um, Simon Manure and Isaac Swade's run. Obviously, he's got to improve um, from the the maiden hurdle win at NAS. But um, see, Willie's not going to chuck this one in for no reason. Uh, again, another stable that's absolutely flying. Paul Townend booked. It's been quite warm in the market. It's halved in prices, 12 to 1 earlier, 6 to 1 now. Um, I think this one's got, got a big chance. Um, quite unexposed as well. So I'd be, I'd be surprised if this one's out, out of the placings on Saturday. So that'd be the first selection. Braun, uh, six to one. Interesting thoughts there from Mark. It's quite an open look to this race, I thought. Um, I thought Manila Kruna was uh, maybe a bit of an eye catcher and could maybe have untapped potential over this uh, staying trip. How about you, though, Izzy? Which way are you coming down? Um, I think Hollow Games is a worthy favourite. Looks really, really good. The only other one that I just had a little look at was Grand Jury for Henry de Bromhead, Rachel Blackmore. Another dangerous combination. Um, its form at Punchestown has been franked with Ardler winning next time out. And I know that was over two mile. Then ran fairly positively next time out over two mile four second to Jinto. And Hollow Games was actually a third there. So Grand Jury has managed to get ahead of, ahead of Hollow Games in the past. Um in its last run. So even though it was coming on, I, I would like Grand Jury to to take this one. I think he's, she's, uh, he's got a good chance here. 
Yeah, only an X separated them on that occasion. That, uh, got a few in here that are going to be reopposing from that uh, grade one ruler of uh, Nace uh, Novice Hurdle form. It, not much separated them, and it's going to be interesting to see who maybe uh, relishes the extra couple of furlongs. Paul, which way were you thinking here? Did you quite like the favourite, or did you want to take him on? And done with Izzy on this. I like Grand Jury. Uh, like like Izzy said, has had hollow games behind behind him last time out in the, the Lawler's and Ace. One from two over hurdles was a good winner at Punchestown. I think two six round Leprosown, slight question marks over, over that. But I think if seeing out the trip, I'm going to side at a bit more value at the prices and with Grand Jury. Mm, so Paul and Izzy in agreement with Grand Jury. I like Manila Crooner. And Mark likes uh, the Willie Mullins Bron. Interesting race there and might have maybe some potential market clues for the Albert Bartlett. We then move on to the next race we're going to preview. It's the 135. It's a racing TV, 12 euros per month. This weekend only spring juvenile hurdle. Another grade one contest, this time for the juveniles. And at the top of the bet, and it looks like a match between Phil Dorr, who remains unbeaten, and Vorban, who bumped into Pied Piper last time out. That form obviously has been frank. Not much separates them on the bet. And you've got I Care Alan as well. He's an interesting uh, contender in the colours of JP McManus. And you've got some other interesting horses, but they might just maybe lack the inexperience of a couple of these. I'll come to you here, um, Paul. Phil Dorr, do we think he'll be quite hard to beat? Or do we think that form line with Vorban looks pretty good now, obviously, with Pi Piper winning last week? Yeah, I think Phil Dorr could be a, a bit of a, a good thing here. It could be a bit of a banker. Three from three over hurdles was a good winner of a grade two at Leperson last time out, stepping up to grade one company here. And I think I'm going to expect him to, to take it in his stride. So I'm all over Phil Dorr here. Okay. Paul likes Phil Dorr. How about you, Izzy? Are you in agreement with Paul sticking with him? Yeah, I think so. I think Vorban might just want a little bit more cut in the ground. Um, last couple of outings have uh, been on heavy. Last couple of wins have been on soft. So I would just prefer Phil Dorr for that reason. Yeah, it's an interesting race between Pi Piper and Vorban. Um, there's a horse in there that uh, from their last uh, when they met a punch town called MHSC Horse. I've just got to keep an eye on him for the Boodles. I think he could maybe be uh, one that could maybe run a big price if he, if he runs in that race. But yeah, uh, two votes there for Phil Dorr. Mark, are we going to make it a hat trick? Yeah, I'm with, um, with Izzy and Paul on this one. I think Phil Dorr. Um, should be the the worthy what well, is the worthy favourite here. And there's been, been a bit of an overreaction in the market with the ban. Willie Mullins was two to one into what, eleven to eight, nearly favourite. I think well put in its place by Pie Piper. That one was weak in the betting as well on debut and uh, won quite comfortably. But then again, like Pie Piper, I'm not trying to be negative about about that performance at Cheltenham. Visually very very impressive, but is the form that that good? Um, the Nichols horse was beat a long way out and obviously we know the nickels are not running well at the moment so I think you've got to be with um, Phil Dorr here I think of course in distance form has the experience I think at 5 to 4 is a decent price I think this one should be odds on mm, Interesting definitely then maybe a bit of value in his price and it'd be interesting to see how the market reacts on the day we also as well should mention conditions currently yielding at the moment it's going to be interesting to see what happens there is some rain that be coming in this weekend so if it does 
get a little bit softer. It'll be interesting to see how it affects each horse. Um, so that's the first two races covered. We move on to the next race, which we're going to cover. It's a 210. It's the Irish Ark or Norse Chase, a grade one. And Blue Lord is your current favourite. He's 13 to 8 at the top of the bend. And he also as well heads the Arkle Markets for Cheltenham. Obviously, with Fernie Hollow coming out, uh, Blue Lord looks Willie Mullins as number one contender. But will he get the job done here, is he? I'm not entirely sure. I've, I quite like the look of Hort on Couleur. Um, it's a course and distance win. He's a course and, course and distance winner here. And for that reason, I'm coming down more on the side of the other Willie Mullins runner. I mean, look, is there a possibility that Paul could have picked the wrong one? I mean, he's got the choice. And Blue Lords clearly had two fantastic runs. I mean, if you look at the run it, uh, in January this time last month, only three run a race. So perhaps had that sort of fairly easy. So I'm just looking looking a little elsewhere as well, mainly because six to four. So I'd like a little bit more price. And I don't think there's a few of these in here with the editor included. They're not out of it. No, I agree. It's quite a trappy race. And I wouldn't be maybe at all surprised if maybe the second or the third string Willie Mullins was to, to get up. We've seen it happen before. And who knows, it might happen again here. Paul, um, Blue Lord, what are your thoughts on him? Would you want to take him on? At the prices, yeah. Um, he's a horse I've tipped up plenty in the past. He's a horse that always he's a huge potential. He was he was always very keen. He ran in the didn't he run he ran well in the Lawlers in Nace, I think was it last year? He finished second um behind Bob Ollinger. He was six and a half lengths and he was two a little over two lengths clear of Gabadaco back in third. But he was ferociously well ferociously could be a, a bit of an exaggeration, but he was pretty keen on that occasion. He was running a nice race. He was very unfortunate to fall at Cheltenham in March after that effort at, at Leperson. He was third at Leperson when also racing pretty keen. But um, he's two from two over fences. Horses that that race with, that that do over race that can be a little keen over hurdles. The fences has that tendency just to get them back on the hocks a bit. When you see the fences, they have a bit more respect for them and they tend to back off. So it'll be interesting. He's a perfect two from two thus far, but. I'm going to take a chance at the prices. A bit more of a working man's price on the Gordon Elliott train, Riviera de Tell. She wears the hood. Jack Kennedy's on board. I thought she ran well to finish second behind Bernie Hollow, despite her tendency to jump right on occasions at Leperson last time out. She just about has the highest racing post rating in the field. And I'm going to side with Riviera de Tell to just prevail. Okay, so Paul's gone for the second favourite, Riviera de Tell. Uh, Mark, is this one for the lay? Blue Lord? I think 8 to 11 in the lay is the value here. I'm, I'm with uh, Paul, what he mentioned about how keen this horse was. Most notably, it was in that race against Bob Ollinger. He tanked all the way around, still tanking, um, pulling over the last, but found very little. Always been stepped back and trip after that. My only my only concern is, again, what, what Izzy said as well, I mean, he only beat three runners in that on the 2nd of January. Uncontested leads. Jumping wasn't put under any pressure. I think I think the way this race can be run, if, if Paul Towning can get some cheap fractions early, settle them down, get an easy lead, I think he'd be difficult to beat. But if something can take him on early and rev him up, he starts being keen and pulling, I think he'll you think he'll get cuffed. I think I think you'll know within about five, six furlongs um from the race starting, you'll know, you know, your fate of Blue Lord. I think if he gets an easy lead, he'll probably win slow it down. 
Um, but if he gets revved up, I think he could be very vulnerable. Interesting there from all the all the panel. I I, th- I tend to agree with them. I just think Blue Lord, he's a favourite I would want to take on. But you wouldn't be surprised if he won. He's one of those kind of horses, you know, that there's plenty running for you. But at the same time, if he puts it all together, he might have the class to beat some of these. So interesting uh, race that's going to be for the Arkle market come Cheltenham. We then move on to the feature race of the day, which is the Paddy Power Irish Gold Cup. I'm afraid on and Kenboy are fighting it out at the top of the markets. Both are 11 for the pair. We've then got Manello Indo, who's on a retrieval mission after a disappointing run in the Gold Cup. Asterian Falange, he's a bit of a monkey, isn't he? Had every chance when looking like he was going to win the King George, but then did his normally customary fool. And then we've got Janadil at 12 to 1, and bigger are the rest. Um, Mark, I thought this was actually quite a tricky race to, to weigh up. Um, quite a few here in here that have taken each other on in the past. And on some of their days, they've all beaten each other. But uh, which way did you see it? I want to. I want to take on a steering for launch. Just, I don't think this horse can be trusted. I think Kempton had every chance. Tank and fell. Um, I think it was a funny race. The way it was run. I mean, obviously, Frodon never got an easy lead and got revved up a few times by Lex Manelendo. Chandra House missed the pressure. Obviously, missed the pressure. Impressive coming out since Chandra House not so impressive. Not so sure about that form. Um, I do think this is pretty wide open. I don't think Australian for lunch can be trusted. So at 4-1 in the win mark at the moment, I think I could potentially get this one out of the three. This one's record of fall and unseating. Um, there's some classy sorts in here as well. I think you can get about the three odds on. Probably be my bet. Um, if you've got Frodon, obviously runs his race, Bryony on board. Wouldn't be surprised if you see a boil over here as well. Like Maybe one of the Gigginstown runners as well. I don't think they're out of it. No, I thought Delta Work might be a, a bit of a price as Got to the distance yeah. stays on. Could be dangerous. Yeah, if he comes back to his best, he could be a player. I thought Janadil as well, like, um, okay, he made one or two mistakes early on, but he wasn't beaten that far. I thought he was a bit of value. Still only an eight year old. Could be more to come. Cool. Sorry, sorry, I just Chris, I just don't think you can you can trust the steering for launch at the prices. You can be backing that at that price for this first record. And especially over the trip as well. Will he find? You just don't know. Tanks as well. Yeah, probably I think it's better going right handed, but who knows? Anyway, Paul, who did you like in this one? Quite a trappy-looking race. I'm going to take a chance on Manila Endo to bounce back. I'd say Robbie Power, who is not long back. And he just returned from injury from a lengthy layoff through injury um, earlier on this week. And I'd say Robbie is going to be absolutely rubbing his hands and cannot wait for 3.15 to come on Saturday afternoon. If he comes back, if, if that question marks... And the same goes for Froden. How much of a mark, if any, the race at Kempton has left on either of them? Kenboy is going to be dangerous at getting an easy lead on front. He's going to go forward. Froden's going to go forward. Delta Work likes to be handy. Manila Endo, I think Henry de Bromhead generally does like him handy. But Robbie, sensibly enough, um, you know, he's been around the block plenty of times now. I'd say Robbie would be smart enough. You know, if the pace, if the fractions are fairly frantic over the first two or three fences, I'd imagine Robbie might just let them off. And hopefully, in an ideal world, it sounds easy, be picking them up in the last half mile or so, just sneak into it and um, just pick their pockets in the closing stages, hopefully. Oh, it sounds like yeah, Robbie Paris maybe had a, a wee word with you. Very confident there, Paul Gallagher. Yeah, just think Gold Cup winner. I think this is a long-term project, Rachel already as our Gold Cup mount, and I'd imagine this is with a view to to Cheltenham in next month. Um, 
And with that in mind, Robbie's going to be looking for a big run. You know, if this doesn't work out on Saturday, they could be looking for another jockey and, and Robbie doesn't want that. Right, okay. So listen, that, that's code word for get your bollocks on this when I'm on the nose. No, I, I, just think, I just think that, you know, it's not every day. You know, got into maybe two months ago, maybe Robbie didn't have a ride in the Gold Cup. Now he's potentially riding last year's winner. Um, and, and you know, the way things stand at the minute, you'd be absolutely loving to be in his position. And, um, yeah, you'd be, you'd be hoping he does need to bounce back, but you're just taking a chance as well that, that the others up front are going to cut each other's throats. And I think he, he'll he'll sit in and, and take his time. Mysterium for long, he just couldn't back. And he's going to pop up at some, someday he's going to win at a price, I'd imagine. But um, he's fond of the old genuflecting and lying down. Yes, interesting thoughts there from the guys. Uh, Paul Hopes, Manila, Indo can bounce back to form. Wouldn't be the first horse that's bounced back. Chantry House, Mr. Fisher have come out of the King George in recent weeks and won, so maybe he might be able to follow them. How about you, though, Izzy? Are we in the Manila, Manila, Manila Indo camp? Well, I thought the same as you. I was looking at that one from Chantry House the weekend, like you say, another one to bounce back from that weird King George. Um which then asked the same question, could Frodon do the same thing? But the 7% strike rate for Nichols is telling me otherwise at the moment. If I'm honest, when you look at that King George, and I said this the other day, Asterian Falange was travelling well. Like, he looked comfortable. So if he can stand up, and it's a big if, he's where I come down. So I think I quite like the look of Asterian Falange in this. Hmm, interesting. Izzy hasn't given up on Asteria and Falange, and maybe she might be the wise one out of all of us and side with the monkey that is Asteria and Falange. Anyway, that's Saturday's racing covered. We're going to go on to the second day of the Dublin Racing Festival, the Sunday, and more Grade 1 action. It's the 120, the Labrooks Novice Chase, and we'll come to Izzy first on this one. Galopin de Champ. Uh, obviously, at current time recording, we don't know the full declarations, but he's your odds on favourite. Does he just go and win this? Well, guys, there's a podcast favourite currently in here with Master McShee. <laughs> so I've obviously had a little look at him. Um, I know that that was heavy last time, um, two mile free at Limerick for Master McShee, but this is a little further, so might be what he needs. Um, I'm not... Galloping the Shumps, obviously... Fabulous horse, but I'm I'm leaning more towards something with a little bit of a a better price. I think in this for me, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna come down with Master Machine. Hmm, interesting. You can't rule him out. He, he did win a handicap hurdle at this course before at Christmas uh, back in 2020. So who knows? Don't underestimate him. But uh, yeah, Galpin de Champ will surely be popular for many. Um, Paul Galpin de Champ. There's been vibes that he might go for the the uh, intermediate grade one of the turners now get confused with all these sponsor names do we think it's probably the right trip for him and he's the one to beat here yeah i think so i think he he looked like a, a an awful weapon of mass destruction last time out when he won he was just he looks a monster at left percent over the christmas period um I thought he was very impressive he he will be looking he's top of the market for the the brown, the brown advisory chris uh, yeah, your brown advisory. So that's the now R, what was RSA, the three mile. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's top of the market for that. 
I think he is going to be looking to, to further enhance his, his credentials here. Like Izzy, I'm going to have to give a mention to Marston McShee, a horse I followed a lot, um, you know, for connections. Ian Power, I would have known Ian many moons ago before when I was still at secondary school. Um, he was an unbelievable rider. Like just, just to put in context, he, he went through, he, he took a break from racing and what have you, but in his younger days, he was pretty much second jockey behind Paul Carberry at Noel Meads. Um, as a seven-pound claimer, he was riding everything. And if Paul wasn't riding it, it was it was Ian. Um, so that will give you the, the cut. That will give you some indication of the talent he had. Just a huge, unbelievable horseman. He's a great rider, and it's great to see him back in the saddle and great to see him back in the winners' enclosure. And I certainly wouldn't be grudge Master Machine leading them home in this one but I think he'll have his work cut out I, I hope I'm wrong I certainly wouldn't mind being wrong but um, I think he will I thought Gallop and Deschamps looked at an absolute weapon the last day he looks a monster Yeah he just probably might be able to blitz him here and I agree I think he'll win but maybe Master McShee might be able to plug on and finish second but if you want to back him each way he's currently 7-1 to one. and if he does line up that kind of price then maybe he is worth an each way bet. You might be able to get your free places on the day. Uh, Mark, uh, Gallop and Deschamps, where do we stand with him? Are we quite keen to maybe put him in for maybe one in the multiples? Well, for, for my, my job, I think you should stick in a multiple, but for personal betting purposes, I think you want to be on Master McShee here. I, uh, it's a very, very, very nice winner for me on Boxing Day. Um, had it in a double. I had a, had a Trixie with, I had Frodon, Sweet Auburn, the... Donald McCain bumper horse. I had Master McShee as well in a Trixie. So obviously, hold on, let me down. But I had the singles as well. 25s won very, very well. I'll credit that one to, to Izzy Phillips. She put me in the direction. So thanks for that. Absolutely tanked it. I think, I think Ian Power, I think, gave this one a great ride. Um, I'm not, I don't think the form is massively strong, but like it's the first time he stepped up and trip. Um, well, really, I mean, he, he ran two and two and a half behind Bob Ollinger. Looked well beat. He's been behind Appreciate as well. So at Leopards tends to form. Some of that form's okay. Um, I think he'll improve for that one at Limerick. Step up two mile five. I think he was doing his best work uh, between the second last and the finish. Um, I think he'll put the Willie Mullins horse away here. I think nine to two is a decent price. I think he's going to be on here. Mm, interesting thoughts there from Mark. He thinks that Gallop and Deschamps may be a cropper here, but uh, the market. I think that's to me. She's the bet. Fair enough. It all depends if he lines up, though. It all depends if he lines up. Um, but yeah, if he does, then, then maybe he is. We then move on to the next race uh, we're going to talk about is the Labyrinth Dublin Chasers of Grade 1. And Shekan Poursois is your current head of the market. Uh, Paul, he needs to bounce back, obviously, from his disappointing run in the Tingle Creek. Do we think he's capable of bouncing back or is he going to be maybe a touch vulnerable? Well, if he's going to bounce back anywhere, it's here. Uh, without telling you what team I support, this is like a home game at St James's Park for him. Um, you Exeter City last... fan. <laughs> what? Exeter City fan. <laughs> he's, uh, if he's going to bounce back, it has to be here. He's won the last two runners of the race. He looked very impressive taking it last year. I think Grenadine for Paul Nichols is going to have to bring his A game to get the better of Shakan. And I'm going to take, yeah, I'm with Shakan to bounce back. Okay, Paul. Maybe not. Maybe not a race. Sorry, just but maybe not a race that I would have a bet in, but something that you know I find it hard to back anything in the race, and I just think Grenadine is short. Grenadine is round about the ninety-four mark. Will be short enough on what is it a home match for for Shakan. Okay, so Paul's gonna uh, be siding with Shakan 
Uh, Mark, I know Shakan is a horse that we've liked to lay over the years. I've been been right on a couple of occasions with him, but uh, I feel he's a bit shorter. He's got got to prove himself, hasn't he? We've made an absolute fortune laying this horse over over the years. I mean, place laid him last time, what, one of four, one of five, a sander. He's absolutely cuffed. Um, obviously, Rhea Posey's grand team here. We won that day. My only concern would be, obviously, the Nichols form, uh, stable form. They're not running very well. Um, and obviously, you've got Shaq in Perth. Well, this is home turf for him. It's got, it's, he's, he was absolutely destroyed 34 lengths last time out. Uh, good to soft ground. Is he going to be able to re- reverse that form? I'm not so sure. He's five to six. Granatine's nine to four. I mean, my only question mark around Granatine would be the stable form. So I think there could be value here, um, potentially in each way market. I, mean, I wouldn't put you off um, doing Vegan. I've got a lot to find on the ratings, but he's done it well. It was really, really game at Fairy House the last the last twice. And could see that one run on to place. And Sky Pirate as well. Obviously, it has to improve as well. But the way this one travels, if these two don't turn up, you fall in a hole easily run on for a place. So I'd probably want to oppose the top two in the bang here. Probably back Dunvegan and Sky Pirate each way. That's how I play it. Yeah, I agree with you. They're, they're both um, they're both not bomb-proof. Um, we're taking out about 60% of the market, 70% of the market here. Exactly. Like on, on this day, Shakan should should be able to win this. But It's a bad each way race, and there's question marks yeah. about the top two at the top of the bank, so you've got to be smashing something each way here. Yeah, be interesting to see when decks do come through tomorrow. Um, but yeah, we know Grenatine's coming, but the yard, the yard of fact, they had quite a few uh short price horses beaten today, and until they start uh popping in the winners' enclosure, you don't really want to. Jonzo as well, Chris Jonzo shot twenty percent striker. He's only he's thirteen lengths behind Shishkin as well at Kempton. Well, he's well been last time at Warwick. Um, but again, form could be okay. He could be set up for this race. Sky Pirate's big price is 16 to nickel place. Yeah, I don't know if Sky Pirate is coming here, but he did have to give away nearly a stone and a half in weight last time out. So yeah, you're right. If he if he if uh, if they do go hard and that you got cash back, he can be handy. Shakan as well. Uh, Grantine might not be ridden off the pace. Captain Guinness has been known to go forward and pass. It could maybe set up for a closer, and Sky Pirate would definitely be that closer but uh izzy you've got the final say on this race shakan is he going to bounce back i would love to see him bounce back he's last year's winner he does like it here at leopardstown so i agree with what paul's already said you know it is basically a home game for him um he did blow up so badly at sandown though so you, he has got to bounce back not just a little bit it wasn't just a below par second it was tailed off it was a nightmare so you then got to look at Grenatine. Um, I just worry about Nichols' form. I said the same earlier about Frodon. So I thought exactly the same as Mark. And I started thinking, well, if the, the top two blow up here, who else could pick up the spoils? And I looked myself at Sky Pirate. I think he bumped into one good one of Venetia's last time in Brave Siska. He could come on here if Shackle and Greenatine underperform for their own reasons. So I quite like Sky Pirate at a price, but I think my heart would love to see Shackle bounce back. Yeah, if he did bounce back, it would definitely make uh, the champion chase a more interesting race. But uh, yeah, we'll it, we'll have to see. I think uh, I think this is D Day for Shackle, and if he if he if he doesn't deliver. Yeah, I think maybe we might not see him ever at his best again. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how uh, how they all line up on 
Sunday, we then move on to the next race, the penultimate race we're going to look at. It's the three o'clock. It's the Chanel Farmer Irish Champion Hurdle and Honeysuckle is your current favourite. I know this is Mark's uh, favourite horse in training. Honeysuckle, does she just win? Again, I'm seeing 4-11 instead of 101 here. A little, little bit for a plug there. But yeah, she's 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 difficult to impose. Um, like she's got the course and distance form. Like you're going for a profile here. She's undefeated. I mean, I think she's she's impossible to oppose here. Um, I think if she if she stays on her feet, she wins. It's as simple as that. I think the way I sort of went down on this race, I was looking at the without market. Um, I think we could get Zanazar. Um, out of the placings here. I wanted to take a chance on another one of Willie Mullins here. I, th I think Appreciate might need to run, so I went down on a St. Roy. I know this one's threatened uh, to win a big one or run a big race frequently in the past. We put this one up before. I just think this one could outrun um, his odds. I think the form behind Charger at Leperstown is good. Uh, last time out on the 29th, um, well beaten by, by Honeysuckle in this race um, last year. I just think uh, St. Roy is a decent price here in the without market. Do you know, do you know what price, price this one is in the without? Uh, I've not got access to it at the moment, and we might not have any markets yet until it's drawn up, but if you're getting maybe five to one, would you, would that be? Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, five to one or in the ninth to two might would be valued just to finish second to... Uh, I mean, he was, he's 10 to one on the outright um, market at the moment. He's 20 to one, so he's been clipped in a little bit. It's just unfortunately not got the earners because at twenty to one or ten to one, he would have been a crack in each way. But um, if you're if you're going more, if he's if he's around two to one, his Zanzahar is probably going to be very very short. Um, in the without market, that could potentially be a lay um, or just a place lay. So he's going to be odds on. But yeah, it's very difficult. I think appreciates obviously an interesting one. So he's taken up a bit of the market. Um, being very weak, though, three to one out of nine to two. I think if appreciate it needs the run, I think St. Roy has every chance of finishing uh, second behind Honeysuckle. Yeah, he's an interesting horse, St. Roy. I thought uh, last year, like a lot of people, um, he was definitely going to be a force in the champion hurdle division, but it just never quite happened for him. Maybe he wants a bigger field and maybe this tactical race might not suit him. But uh, yeah, interesting to see if he, if he can bounce back. Um, I'll come to you here, Izzy. Honeysuckle just wins. She just wins. She's a star. It's going to be the Rachel and Honeysuckle show. It's going to be beautiful. But I will just say, I, I felt the same. Appreciate it. It's an interesting runner, considering that we haven't seen him since his run in the Supreme. So he's chucked right in at the deep end here against Honeysuckle. It'll be interesting to see how he copes with it, but it's her for me. Okay. Izzy thinks Honeysuckle's going to win like most people. And Paul, full house, Honeysuckle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she's unbeaten. She won this race by a half a length two years ago from Darver Star was back in second. She won it by 10 lengths last year. I think two years ago was the first try at two miles and she was quite slow at her jumps last year. So she was touch wood. She was pretty, she was foot perfect last year. I think we're going to be looking at more of the same. And I think it's just sit back and enjoy Sandy here was second on his last couple of starts. The most recent, he was second in a grade one, the Matheson order behind Sharjah. I appreciate it, you know, with only having, with having four starts over hurdles, is he, is he going to be fast enough? I'm going to say that he's probably never going to have jumped a hurdle as fast. Obviously, the first half mile in the Supreme would have been pretty fast, but you're talking a champion hurdle level here. 
he's gonna he's gonna up a grade and he's gonna have to be fairly spot on to to be on the you know to be on the sharp end and to maintain that throughout to live up with honeysuckle. Again, not sure a race I'd be having a bet in, just one I'd be, be sitting back and uh, enjoying. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think most people, unless maybe honeysuckles you stick in a mark pool, she probably might even go shorter than a current price. Maybe she's not really worth doing in mark pool. Just sit back and enjoy and hopefully all roads will lead to the champion hurdle at Cheltenham come next month. We then go to the final race we're going to look at. It's the 335. It's the Tatterstool's Island Novice Hurdle. It's a grade one contest. And Sir Gerhard is your favourite. One uh, over course and distance last time out. Champion bumper winner. A few mixed vibes of where he's going to go. Ballymore Supreme. Obviously, you probably need to win this uh, to uh, confirm where he's going to go. But uh, Paul, uh, Sir Gerhard, do we think uh, he's going to take all the beating here? He probably will. Um... You know, he he was a, a nice winner last time out. He he well he, he won his maiden, he was pretty impressive. He ran out an eight length winner, getting the better of the old maid trained Highland Charge. At the prices, he's not really he's around about the five to four mark. Gordon Elliott's three stripe life. I'm gonna take a chance of well, I'm gonna stick with my mate Mozzie. I tipped him up last time out in the Royal Bond. He got just touched up on that occasion. He was twice a winner prior to that, which includes the grade three for auction hurdle. At Navin back in November, he could well bounce back to winning ways here. So I'm going to stick with my mate Mozzie, and I'm just going to give a mention if he turns up. It's an interesting entry from the Lorna Lorna Bowler Yard in Colonel Mustard. Was second at Ascot last time out. Before that, was a good winner at Galway back on the 23rd of October. Lorna would she she would do pretty well with ammunition provided. She was a decent amateur. She was a good amateur back in the day, and of course, she's sister of, of Mark Bradburn, former National Hunt jockey. Um, so it's an interesting entry. I would just keep an eye on, and I wouldn't put anyone off having a small each way wager on Colin Mustard should he turn up. John Bomb fans will certainly be hoping uh, Colonel Mustard can boost that form to obviously give his uh, supreme uh, credentials a further enhancement. Obviously, Sir Gerhard is your current favourite, but uh, is there any value away from him, is he? Well, probably a worthy favourite. I had a little look at Statuaire, who's got the better of a few of these um, a couple of times out. So for me, just an interesting runner there, Statuaire. Okay, Izzy, quite like the chances there of Statuaire. And Mark, uh, who did you like in this one? I was quite keen with any, with, with Izzy, honest, Statuaire. Um, I think the form linked him with Paul Callahan as well. My mate Mozzie, I think I think that's the best form on offer. Recent form, I, I don't think Sir Gerard beat anything last time. Um, jumping certainly wasn't tested. Had an absolute easy time of it. I don't I don't like to use this word, but I think it was a. I think there was two races involved in this race. Sir Gerard had an easy lead up front. Um, straight after the the flag fall, the race was basically over after a furlong. Um, I think this one could be vulnerable. It looks late to me. Four to five field looks value. I think stat to your, um, my mate Mozzie, I think that form's solid. A seven to one and five to one. You've got three uh, stripe life in there as well. Has form linked with some other runners in here. I think you've got to be laying the favourite at this price. Mm. I think four to five is far too short. Mixed reaction there from the panel. Bumper form as well. He's got form behind Kilcrew as well. That form doesn't look that great now, does it? Well, I don't know. Kilcrew did come up and bolt up the other day at Punchestown. He beat them. If you had, if you, like, that's another one. Like, yeah, but what, he couldn't have done any more, could he? He couldn't have done any more. And it helps when maybe 
I don't know. I don't know how to say this diplomatically, but again, I think there was maybe two or three races running in that race. I think he had one thing to beat, and that was the hurdles in that race. If you get my my gist. No, I, no, I get totally what you mean. But what points did he be in this race? Who killed Croat? Yeah, probably. From what we've seen so far, and if you include his last win, probably. I'm testing your odd compiling skills here. Maybe nine, nine to four. Oh God, mate! I'd love it if you're my bookmaker. Jesus Christ. Give me some value there, Roder. I think you've got, yeah, obviously, in, he, he's obviously got bounced back uh, to, to his bumper rep uh, before we want to get involved again. But, um, yeah, he did nothing wrong at Punchtown earlier in the week, and but we'll need to see him again to, to see where he really is at, at this kind of level. So interesting thoughts there um, on Sir Gerhard and some of us with him, some of us want to take him on. Um, so that's uh, the Dublin Racing Festival wrapped up. Uh, in this episode before we um sign off obviously there's lots of uh racing going on we've got some decent action at sandown uh musselburgh as well has a, a good um two days racing this weekend we've got good cards at weatherby and at lingfield as well with the winter derby trial um let's go around the panel see if they like anything uh paul is there anything away uh from the racing that uh we haven't covered that you like hey Good card you touched on at Sandown. Uh, just looking at the an Ovenish horse in the Silly Isles Chase, it'll, it'll probably take the beating. But in the in the Grade Three handicap hurdle, there is a horse from the Peter Fahey yard, Born Patriot, is of interest. Kevin Brogan takes the mount and claims a valuable three off ten stone eleven. So I wouldn't put anyone off having a, a couple of quid on Born Patriot. Probably a bit short for the each way market. Pay your money and and it's up to you. Take your chance. But I'm with Born Patriot in the two fifty five at Sandown on Saturday. Interesting. My one was going to come in that. I like just two week. Um, Dr. Chenulian's horse. Uh, won his last one at Haydock very well. I think he's going to go close. But yeah, me and Paul got a couple of fancies there for you in that race. Izzy, is there anything else you like this weekend? Maybe at Sandown or elsewhere? Yeah, I was having a little look around Sandown. I liked the look of the 150. It's, I think, an interesting race with the Virgin Beck contenders hurdle. So it's a uh, class one, and you've got top, uh, top weight there. Topper uh, is Goshen <laughs> um, running again after nearly pulling um, poor Moore's arm out last time. Um, but I quite like Guard Your Dreams for the Tristan Davis team. He's back down in trip a little bit for this, and I think that suits him because he ran quite nicely at Cheltenham where he won, and that was over um, two mile in December, and this is that little bit shorter again, so I just think this will suit him actually, and I quite, quite like the look of Guard Your Dreams here. Mm, I thought that was a trappy race, but brave of you, Izzy, to go with Guard Your Dreams. It definitely has a chance uh, dropping back to this shorter trip, and how about you, Mark? Is there anything you like, maybe a bump horse or a two-year-old that we, we want to be looking at? It's actually looking at the, the Mosper card, and as you know, I was actually quite disappointed with, with, with the runners there. If they're putting on some some decent prize money, over 10000 for an obvious chase, you're only getting three runners. Pretty disappointing. I know Paul Callahan brought this up before, about a year ago, with the field sizes in the north, but it's definitely getting worse. Um, I was looking at the Scottish County Handicap Hurdle. I can't believe that Wild Max 11-4 at the moment, uh, Paul Nichols, with the stable form at the moment, pulled up last time out. I mean, you want to be taking that one on. Um I know Gordon Elliott's in a few over John McConnell as well. I think John McConnell's Anna Benina is very interesting in that race of one three three. Tom Scudamore takes a ride. There's about a ten to one there. You definitely want to be taking a Wild Max. Um, 
in the 240 in Musselburgh. It could be very vulnerable. Um, I know uh, the colours as well. Pay the Piper, I think that one will run quite a big race as well. Anne Hamilton and Danny McMiniman, this one's gave us a good turn in the past. Same colours as Tommy's Oscar. Um, but again, it's a bit concerning with the, the field sizes up north because um, the prize money is there, so no one can complain about that. Nice. I, I don't think the numbers are there. Um, it's, isn't it? it's unfortunate, isn't it? Because they're putting on the, the prize money, like the numbers aren't there. Like, look at the second race. The 129 has three runners in it. There's not one horse from the north represented there. Yep. John McConnell, yep. Gordon, Charlie Longston. Um, yep. We're going uh, about field sizes and horses are saving, saving themselves in that. They aren't there. Name, who's, name, and anyone who's listening, like, um, name top three northern national trainers. You'd struggle, like, when the likes of, of um, the late great Russell, Yeah, Lucinda Russell's got a runner in the 205. Yeah. Lucinda, no, no Lucinda, Rebecca Menzies is, 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 you know, she's building and building. She's flying and doing incredibly well with ammunition. Um, Ian Jardine, Keith Dalgleish. But, like, you know, you're struggling to hit the, the top. Like, and they're dual purpose yards. Yeah. You know, there's no real national hunt yards coming. And you go through the fields there. I only had a quick look briefly. And the second race, there's not one northern representative. The majority of fields, the majority of runners, despite, this, you know, even given the field sizes, there's not a whole pile representing from the, the north of England. Um, and they're in the 310. If you look at the 310, the prize money's worst race on the card. That's when the that's where the, the Norwood trainers are. Because they're not yeah. stiff in the other races. It's um I know the race planning and, and people say that, but it was the same. When I I was there, like it was there was you know, they were giving out about the race planning and there was no races in the north. And and I get that, you know, you could have you could have a stack in order racing, you know, on top of each other. But like I remember Carlisle being on and it was the whole the Majority of the card was made up by Nigel Twiston Davis and Venetia Williams runners. Um, and this has come back maybe 15 years ago. So this is a problem that's been happening the last 20 years. And now we're here and it, it's probably going to have to get worse before it gets better, I think. Um, and as I said before, I, I wouldn't rule it out. It mightn't happen in our lifetime, but I wouldn't I wouldn't rule it out um, if it was something, if, if jump racing became something like what to do in America, that to have a jumps race or two at the start of a flat card or something. Do you know? I just wouldn't, stranger things have happened. Like if you said three years ago what was with COVID and what have you, what was coming, you know, people would have laughed at you. Um, and things are geared more towards the flat, like Haydock has changed. Haydock has changed to suit the flat as opposed to the jumps. Haydock was one of the best, best jumps courses in England and Ireland. And, um, so it was changed. It's geared more towards the flat runners now, you know. Yeah, it's interesting thoughts there then from from the panel. I know that the, there's quite a few features up north over the last few days. You've got Kelso, Catterick tomorrow. Also as well, got Carlisle on Monday. So it's not really given the northern trainers either a chance to kind of maybe they've got maybe too many options for for the amount of horses that they've got in training. But uh, yeah, interesting thoughts there from um, Mark and Paul but uh, yeah that's all we've got time for this week so thanks again to uh, Izzy Mark and Paul for giving up their time this week hopefully we've provided you some winners if you haven't done so already make sure you follow us on Twitter where our handle is at in the saddle pod that's the place to follow us on social media also as well we'll leave uh, links to all our social media channels um, in the bio below so make sure you give us a follow if you don't do so already but yeah hopefully we've can give you some winners this weekend please gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon